This is Solo Agent World, where we celebrate the accomplishments of high-performing single-agent real estate practices. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent, and welcome to the Solo Agent World podcast. Today, we're talking with Ken Purdy with Exit Realty in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, Canada. Last year, he sold 34 homes worth $9 million and earned $256,000 working part-time. Let's find out how. Welcome to the call, Ken. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's really, really great to be here. Really honored to be able to speak with you. Hey, Ken, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Real excited to talk to you and learn your story. Uh, but let's, let's go ahead and just do that. My, my first question I've got to ask is, is it really true that you sold 34 homes last year just working 20 hours a week? Believe it or not, if you worked out the numbers as far as my busy seasons versus the seasons where uh, it's not as busy, if, uh, if you did the math, it would probably work out to about 20 hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. That's a pretty good part-time income. And so next question yeah. is, how did you do that? What are you doing that you can do it in such a short period of time and earn such a great income? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think uh, for those who understand personalities out there, I'm a very detailed personality. So uh, looking at things to do things more efficiently, effective. And I uh, heard a great uh, quote from a, a trainer one time that said, uh, if you do something more than once, automate it. So I've worked really hard at creating systems and putting systems in place so that it essentially buys time for me um, going through a checklist so I don't have to think about what's next. And more specifically, when it comes to prospecting, um, as, uh, as uh, you mentioned, I'm a door knocker. So I've always uh, put everything up against the door knocking economy in relation to how much time it's going to take. Um, to address an elephant in the room right away, uh, it's been many years since I've actually done an open house. So I don't do open houses. Uh, I don't attend open houses. I don't participate in them in pretty much any way, shape or form. And the reason is because when I look at uh, open houses specifically, in order to do one effectively, you've got to put in probably about 10 to 15 hours of, of solid work if you want to see a good return from what I've learned from top trainers. So when I look at that, I think, well, if I took that same amount of time and I put it in the doors, I'm going to meet more people than I'm going to meet at an open house. So using that kind of math, if you will, I always put it against, okay, well, how much can I get done with doors? And looking at it even deeper, um, when I'm looking at doors, I see doors not so much as door knocks as much as this business is a numbers business. How many people can I talk to in a certain period of time? And we see, you know, scenarios, you know, talk to people through your day, like at the grocery store and stuff like that and so forth, which is all amazing and wonderful. Though going back to my personality of, okay, what can I get done efficiently? Well, I can pop out in my neighborhood for an hour and I can meet 20 people that I haven't talked to before just like that. And it's not rocket science. I've got a, a very strong, strict script uh, that I learned from a real estate trainer when I first got into business. So when I'm talking to people at the doors, I'm in and out in 40 seconds. So just long enough to make an impression, but not long enough that they're getting annoyed. 
So if you're talking to enough people, you're going to eventually find somebody who's moving. And then I just put them in another system of a follow-up system where I would just go back and, and meet with them so many times a year. And eventually in the next six to 12 months from meeting the first time, they're going to be pulling the trigger. And not that it's a guarantee that I got it, but it sure puts me in a good, strong position when the time comes. So if I'm talking to, you know, 1,500 to 1,000 people a year, you divide that by the amount of hours, it's, it's not a lot of time that I need to put in in order to find the prospects. And then breaking that down even further, once I finally get uh, that lead, um, most of my leads are sellers because I am knocking on doors. So they're mostly homeowners. So I've, I've worked it out that it probably takes about 10 hours to sell a house from meeting the person to doing the thing, to doing all the logistical stuff, handling offers and so forth. And so you're talking about 10 hours. And on the buying side, I budget about 15 hours. So if you do the math, just raw math from there, out of 34 deals that I did last year, and I think 16 of them were buyers or have worked out, it, it's, it's, not a, it's not a lot of time. And I think, I think if you talk to a lot of people, if you really, really thought about it, like it doesn't take that much time. It's amazing how much time we can get lost myself included, in busyness work, that's not really work. Um, but when we really look at it, it, it shouldn't take a whole lot of time to do good numbers with this business. Wow. That's a, that's a long answer to a short question. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great answer, though. That's excellent. Okay. So let's, uh, let's try to take some of that out of there and, and break it down sure. and talk about yeah. it a little more. So um, you gave us a whole bunch of stats. I want to confirm a couple of these numbers. The first thing I heard okay. that I wanted to ask was, did you say that you're meeting 500 to 1,000 people a year by door knocking? That would be it. Yeah. Yeah. On average. So in on total average. since, yeah. So since I got in the business, I got in the business in 2009 and I had to really put an initial push on. So uh, my first year, I probably talked to about 2,500 people at the doors. And then as the years rolled on, it would be less and less and less. Um, some years are stronger than others. Uh, I am human, though uh, at this point, about 500 to 1,000 people uh, a year, I would actually physically talk to. I mean, it would be more than that of the doors that I would knock on. But, you know, we're in a residential neighborhood, so houses are close together. So it doesn't take too long to burn up, you know, 20 doors, especially when you show up at supper time and you know people are at home. So let's, uh, let's break that down. You said the first year when you were really getting the big push, somebody listening might be thinking about getting a big push. You had 2,500 yeah. doors that year. 2,500 yeah. people, those are conversations though, right? 2,500 people you actually spoke with. And so it yeah. sounds like a lot, but if we break that down, it's just over 200 a month, just slightly over 50 a week. Uh, we're talking 10 a day. So it's, yeah. it is a lot, but it, when you start to break it down, it starts to make more sense, a little more manageable, yep. I think, 10 a day than 2,500. Yep. Now, question for you, in that first year, how many hours were you spending each day knocking on those doors? Well, that's, that's actually a great question because in the first year, there are so many firsts. So with those so many firsts, you know, create 
its own uh, difficulties and stuff. Because one thing I've learned about the doors over the years is um, effectiveness. Like it's one thing to do door knocking. It's quite another thing to be effective at door knocking. And um, most people can smell inexperience a mile away. So when I'm in my first year, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm learning my scripts and just unsure of myself and security, stuff like that. Yet at the same time, having the pressures of needing to perform. So working with that dichotomy, it really made it uh, unique in the first year because people knew I was coming. And although I had a positive attitude, it's almost like you could see myself, like I'd be looking in the thin air, if you will, as opposed to looking at the person as far as trying to remember what I was supposed to say. So I probably left a lot of business, you know, at the door because of not being able to be as effective with it. So as the years go by, um, you know, less and less door slam, more and more effective conversations to the point now that I'm so comfortable with it that not only do people have no idea that they're being guided through a very strict script, they're enjoying the conversation and there's a number of times I've, I've got to cut it off because they want to keep going. They're having so much fun with it. So it's, it's, it's so much a part of me now. And um, one trainer, uh, strong trainer that I remember saying that good, um, good professionals memorize scripts so that they always remember great professionals learn scripts so that they cannot forget. So as much as I don't even think about which sock goes on which foot, it's it's so ingrained in me and it's so simple like it's just so simple it doesn't have it's not a we make it complicated we let our egos get in the way we let our pride get in the way and door knocking in of itself is a very humbling it's a humbling frontline trenches kind of work like it's almost like blue collar work for the real estate world you know because we're so lost in technology nowadays <laughs> Well, we're, we're going to get into your script in a minute. We're going to do the script. We're yeah. going to do some role play. We're going to talk about some for objections. Sure. We're going to talk about the system. I just want to get yeah. some of these basic ideas out there for people to make sure they want to go down this path. And by the way, uh, just on a side note, I love door knocking. That's how I got going too. So I completely yeah. understand where you're going with all this uh, and have Good an appreciation stuff. for it. But there's not a lot of us out there that that's still around that used to do door knocking and, and now still do, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So let's break this down at uh, time. That's where we were. How many hours a week are you spending door knocking today versus how many did you do in the earlier? You were saying it was a little more stumbling in the first year. Yeah. Uh, so how many hours a day were you doing then? How many uh, or how, hours per week let's do and how many hours yeah. per week now? For sure. Yeah. So in the beginning, uh, literally, it would be like 20 people for 20, 20 people an hour I could talk to. So if you work that out, 2,500 divided by 20 people, that'd be about how many hours. I would traditionally go out uh, in the beginning about an hour a night, four nights a week, uh, until that number hit. You know, some, some days are stronger than others. Um, I found that uh, like between the five to seven time frame uh, would be the most effective because that's when I'm going to catch the most people at home. Um, now, again, nowadays with... Uh, the 500 to a thousand, it's, it's, it's much more, it's much more relaxed. So I don't even log it as much as, 
I would have like a, a countdown. Okay, I get to this many doors by the end of the year kind of thing. Um, having said that, with renew goals and renew branding and stuff like that that I'm working through, I'm uh, looking to turn that up actually to really get back into the trenches this year, uh, especially in light of last year. Uh, not being able to door knock nearly as much the the couple times that I was able to get out, um, I was met with a different kind of response in light of everything going down with lockdowns and stuff. So it uh, it showed me a, a renewed breath of fresh air, believe it or not, um, because a lot of people would expect that I would be met with resistance given everything that's going on. And I was actually met with a lot of relief because people were starting to experience a little bit of what things used to be. So I'm really excited to really get back into it almost with a new agent kind of a mindset this year. So fantastic. Yeah. That's great. So you've got this renewed vigor and how long have you been door knocking? Uh, Since day one, 2009, July. 2009. So almost 11, 12 years you've been door knocking for a long time. So you are a pro at this. Uh, Yeah. And you've got it down where you can do it part-time. Uh, you can get it in a certain number of hours. You like to go knock in the evenings uh, yeah. between five and seven. I used to knock in the mornings. I just want people to know yeah. you can knock whenever you have the time. Yeah. You mentioned absolutely. that you have follow a trainer. You learn these processes, these scripts. Who was that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bill Nasby was the guy's name. Say again. Uh, Bill Nasby. Bill Nasby. Yeah. Good. Bill Nasby, uh, he's based, he was based out of uh, Vancouver, BC, and it's, it's funny. Um, I had just finished the real estate course and had not yet taken the exam, and a friend of mine was up visiting uh, from the next province over, and we were chatting and driving around, and he asked me what I was planning on doing to build a business in real estate, and I was quite um, overwhelmed, a little scared, because in our market, there's about 1,200 real estate agents. So I was really lost and almost a crisis situation. And so he mentioned casually if I would ever consider door knocking, to which I immediately rejected the idea just because of everything that goes with that um, or the myths that go with that, I should say. So then he proceeds to talk about this guy that came to their office one time and he did this training and this guy was like, at the time he was like 80 years old, like just old guy had been in the business for just ever, ever, and ever, and ever, not door knocked all over the world. And he said, he used this script. I was like, oh, okay, well, that kind of caught my interest a little bit. Cause like, I like my boundaries, if you will, and my boxes and so forth. And this is what sealed it for me. He, uh, cause I'm not, I'm not a salesman. Like I don't have that salesman and I, I risk saying snake oil salesman because I, I don't like the approach of trying to get somebody to buy something that they don't want to buy. So what sealed it with me with this guy, he said, okay, we're driving around the street. He goes, what are the chances of somebody selling their house on this street in the next year? I said, hundred percent, like somebody's going to be moving. He says, all this guy does is he, he teaches you how to find them. And I'm like, oh, I'm in. Like, it was literally that simple. And the timing worked out perfectly because the, um, the office I was uh, going to be joining, the exit office I was going to be joining here in town, was starting his training live at the same time I was getting my license, which was 
complete amazing timing. So I jumped in right away and kept, because uh, he, he did all the training through Skype, through Skype. There's like 15 of us in the, in the class, if you will. And uh, I kept interrupting him every chance I could say, okay, what's the script? What's the script? What's the script? And he's previewing everything because he's stretching out his course, of course, and uh, finally wore him down. And uh, he finally spent the time and he, he went through the script and I was off and running, like off and running like a shot. And uh, if it literally, if it wasn't for Bill Nasby, I would not be in the business today. Like just the Lord just basically put him into my life for that time, for that reason. And uh, he passed away uh, sad, sadly a couple of years ago, but uh, I'm still in touch with his daughter quite a bit because she's a trainer as well. So we've been in touch through the years uh, through team training and coaching. But uh, yeah, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I am today. Absolutely. So he's, he was the mastermind behind the whole thing. Let's go ahead and jump in now to the script. I'm sure that yeah. people are curious. How does this work? You said it goes yeah. quick. You're 40 seconds at the door. Yeah. What is the script? Yeah, the script is, uh, it's, it's nothing new. I'm sure people have heard it. It's an adaptation of uh, Mike Ferry's script, actually. And uh, it's, it's basically five simple questions. And um, the first question is, uh, I knock on the door. I say, knock, knock, knock. Ken with Exit Real Estate. When do you plan on moving? Not, hi, how you doing? Not, I'm wondering. Not, are you? When are you planning on moving? And that is the question that throws everybody off, scares a lot of agents. Um, and yet, when crafted properly, it's the most beautiful, <laughs> slick, smooth question you could ask in the world. And it, I think it's met with a lot of resistance from agents because it is so direct and it is direct. It's a very direct question, especially when you, you know, review everybody that's ever knocked on your door in the past. No one gets right to it. It's usually met with an apology for why they're there and we're not going to take much of their time and you know the drill. So by taking this approach, it's, it's, it's a little get used to though once you're able to do it and do it effectively, the response on the other end, anytime I've ever asked that question, once I got it down, and I don't care if you're an over-the-top personality or the meekest, quietest person in the world, most of the time it's met with laughter because the way I'm delivering it, it's completely um, harmless, fun, safe, because it's all the matter of the way you approach it. Um, like for example, you know, I've been trained in how to recognize different personalities, which is crucial, of course, in this business. So if I'm knocking on a door and a door gets thrown open faster than anything, the guy jumps right out. Well, I know that he's an over-the-top personality. So I just learned to match that personality. Say, hey, Kenneth Eggs Real Estate, take a step in, say, when do you plan on moving with a big smile on my face? And they respect that. Other times when I knock on a door, Sometimes they'll peek out the window and they'll open the door ever so slightly. And, uh, you know, I'm six feet tall, so I'm a tall guy. So I instinctively collapse my shoulders and lean in and I whisper voice, hey, Ken with Exit Real Estate, when do you plan on moving? Same script, just a different tone and a, with wonderful response. 
And uh, so once I get through that first question, um, they'll usually tell me they're never moving. That's uh, because they're coming with their script, their script of being no, but because I'm asking them when, I'm not asking, are you? Which is a beautiful thing about this question is it doesn't allow a yes or no answer. And I'm very careful not to soften the question with the word wondering. Um, I've learned wondering can be a, a weak word and I want the question to come in all of its glory, if you will, um, which is also why um, I don't ask them how they're doing, which is you have to resist that because we want to be friendly. But the challenge with asking them what they're, how they're doing is sometimes they'll tell you. And there goes the 42nd. I mean, you're, you're, you're a complete hostage because you don't want to know how they're doing in case it goes extreme one way or the other. So getting right to it um, allows them to get to their response pretty quick, which is usually the answer is I'm never moving. And I'll tell them, well, that's great. Which leads me to the second question. Well, how long have you lived here? How long have you lived here? And that's, uh, that's a rapport building question. And, uh, you know, most people are, you know, realize that in that first five seconds, it's, it's, it's hard to explain, you have to really ex experience it, though just in that first five seconds, you have that rapport built, which is really interesting. So when I ask them, well, how long have you lived here? You could just see people just relax because it's such an easy question to answer. And they realize I'm, I'm not on their back. Like I'm not trying to get them to sell anything or buy anything. So they'll tell me, oh, well, I've been here like five years or something like that. And, you know, mirroring the, you know, affirming, you know, that's really, really awesome. So where did, you, where did you move from? And so that's the third question. Again, another rapport building question. And, uh, you know, so they'll say, oh, well, we moved from so-and-so or we got, you know, from wherever, you know, just we moved from in town or so forth. Oh, well, that's really, really awesome. I said, well, if you were going to move somewhere else, where do you think you would move to? So what's great about that question is it's essentially the first question reworded because the first question, they don't know me, they don't like me, they don't trust me, and they don't have any real estate confidence in me. Yet it only takes two questions to become a real estate rock star in their life, which is, again, I don't understand the psychology behind it. I don't understand anything behind it other than People much more successful than me have done and proven it. So I've just followed in their footsteps. And that's when you usually get the real answer. And it's almost like they've even forgot about telling you never and say, well, as you were thinking about moving uh, before the kids get into school. Oh, great. And I'm just kind of taking it, you know. And uh, if you're going to move anywhere since you move to, well, you know, move to a bigger place. And then which leads me to the fifth question. Well, when would that be? And that question is crucial because if it's five years down the road, well, I'll just see you next time I'm around. And this is one of the most beautiful things and the most terrible things about the doors. In real estate, when you're starting out, if you're looking for the quick buck, the doors are tough. It's, it is definitely a game of patience. Um, 
though once it starts coming in, it takes off on its own, providing you keep providing you keep at it. Because ideally, the perfect lead, what I mean at the doors, is they're moving within the next six to 12 months. Someone moving in the next month or in the next week, uh, it's, it's challenging only in the aspect of your competition's a lot stiffer because they're actively thinking about it. So someone who's six months to 12 months away, real estate's not even on the radar other than the fact that they're just casually looking at it. So what I'm doing is I'm coming into their life early. So this gives me an opportunity to start working for them. And that's exactly what I tell them is um, when they tell me, well, we're actually thinking of moving in by the time their kids are back in school. And I just say, hey, well, guess what? I'm going to go to work for you to make you the most informed seller in the neighborhood. Would that make it easy for you to move? And they'll say yes. And I'm not asking for permission. I'm just telling them I'm going to go work for you. I mean, we work 90% in this business for free anyway, so why not do it without permission? So what that does is that creates the genesis of a relationship that they don't even know that they're going to have because they don't expect to ever see me again because the doors are one thing and the doors are one thing, but the most important thing about the doors is the follow-up. So when I'm at the doors and somebody's moving and I'm telling them that I'm going to go to work for them to make them the most informed son in the neighborhood, well, I've got, I've got to do that. So what happens there is they start going into a follow-up system for the next six to 12 months. And when I get home, I will uh, write them a handwritten note, not on send out cards, not on a typewriter or typewriter, not on the computer or anything like that. I will write out handwritten and it's a uh, good morning, so-and-so, Joan, Alex, whoever. It was a pleasure talking with you at the doors last evening. Looking forward to helping you with your move. Sincerely, Ken. Goes in the mail. They'll get in in a couple days. Okay, that's kind of neat. And then I'm back on their doorstep in the next seven to 10 business days with an information package. And uh, it's a personalized uh, bifold that I have. And it's got like market stats, a letter in it. Normal stuff that you would have, I guess, like in a pre-listing package, if you will. And I'll show up at the doors and say, hey, Joan, it's Camus Exit Real Estate. Remember me? Oh, my gosh, yes. Did you get my note? You know how the mail is? And yes, they acknowledge that. And I told them, I say, well, I told you I was going to make you the most informed seller in the neighborhood. This is how we're going to do it. And I hand them that, give them a pricey of what's in it, inform that they should keep this in a safe place because from time to time, I'm going to continue to drop off information to help them with their move. So then we'll come, So when it comes time for me to market your home, we'll have all the information that we need. And that's it. And then every month or so, I try to make sure I'm in front of their face. Uh, this past year, I did everything by mail. Do the best you can with what you have. And literally, once they go to sell, I've got the best chance in the world. And sometimes, things change and they don't sell and you just remove them and you just keep going on. And literally 
if you think about it, especially if you're door knocking, like, you know, within your neighborhood, like you're not driving a half hour away to, to door knock. It doesn't take that long. Like if you really break it down, like, you know, going on Facebook and talking to your friends is not while you're doing this stuff doesn't count. So uh, it's again, going back to the very effective and efficient way of, uh, way of doing things. So it's, uh, it's easy. Um, it's simple. Our, our real estate board uh, here in Nova Scotia is uh, very top notch. So they're very good at um, compiling information from all over. So as far as getting information, like, to send out to people, like there's literally no research I have to do. Like it just all comes to me. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. And that's the type of stuff that I'll follow up and I'll drop off. So it's, uh, and it's, and it's worked. It's worked really well. That's fantastic. I, I have a few follow-up questions here. Uh, when yeah. you are initially at the door and you go through mm-hmm. five questions and you get to the end and you found somebody who has an interest, as you mentioned, maybe six to 12 months off, yeah. Are you staying there for another few seconds to gather their information? Are you asking for their name and their phone number and their email address and things like that? Or yeah. are you walking away and then just showing back up? Yeah, so that's a good question. So uh, if they're not moving, I'm probably gone in about 40 seconds. If they are moving, I'm probably there in a minute and a half. So when they are moving, that's when the extra dialogue comes in that, that I'm going to go to work for them. And I'll, like, I have my phone on me and I say, what's your name again? The, the sales question, you know, like, what's your name again? And what's the best number to reach you? Now, I will never phone them, though I will ask them that question because that's kind of a test. Are they going to give me their phone number? Because if someone gives you their phone number, they're, they're willing for you to phone them. They're willing to enter into that. And even though I'm a sales guy, they're willing to give the sales guy their phone number. So it's almost a test question um, to get that. Because I want to ideally, every meeting with them, I want it to be face-to-face because, well, it's always been face-to-face until it hasn't been face-to-face. I mean, we are so lost in technology nowadays that it's, it's, it's sad, actually. Um, and especially for me, I mean, I'm a natural introvert, so it could be something that I could very easily hide behind, if you will. But it's, it's almost like seeing like this, this circle, if you can picture this circle with all this activity that's going on in it and how things used to be. And then the circle moves, but yet there's still this segment of pure, beautiful marketing that's left behind that everybody discards. So for someone who, you know, doesn't want to get lost and compete in that technology world, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take the scraps off the table. Like, I don't mind, you know, you get these pop-up advertisements that door knocking is so yesterday. I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> keep, keep promoting that. <laughs> so you, you want to be there in person. Your whole method is to be in person, to show your face yeah. and your voice and your emotion. And so much communication is beyond the words anyway, only 7% yeah. of the words. So you're doing a full communication. There's nothing stronger than face-to-face. That's why you're taking the extra time to do it and build that relationship. 
just to yeah. go back though, at the end of that conversation, the questions that you asked are, uh, yeah. what was their, um, their name and what was their phone number? Do you ask any other things like their email or their mailing address or what else? Is that just the two questions? Name and phone number. Yeah. Name because I want to get their name and the phone number simply to get that, you know, permission connect, if you will. Um, I could ask for their email instead, but I've been trained to ask for a phone number all this time. So I, uh, that's, that's where I focus on it's just, is just the phone number. Well, Ken, I, I, I heard some other things that you've been mentioning. And one was that you asked for permission early on in that script. If you found somebody that's interested or might be a potential lead, you asked for permission to follow up with them and make them the best informed seller in the neighborhood. But I noticed yeah. something else that you were doing when you said that. You said, can I have your permission? Yeah. Right? You did a, a yeah. little NLP there, which is pretty yeah. powerful. You were doing your nodding your head up and down. And I yes. think people should know that, that you, you've got a lot of little things going on after 10 years that you've added in. You may not even be aware of. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I, it, I am very aware of it. And uh, not only that, um, my, uh, my kids make fun of me because, <laughs> of course, the script is well known in our house. But uh, I even have cued laughter. Like when I ask the first question, I want to make sure it lands where it should land. So I'll always, I traditionally laugh after I ask the first question. So there are little nuances that I do um, that are, again, to be careful to make sure that I'm not, I'm not creating things on my own. I've always been one, why reinvent the wheel when, insanely successful people way more than me have done this and proved this. I, I don't want to play around with it too much. Um, so anything that I add to it, I always want to make sure that it's in line with what has been proven. And I guess to, to add to that, that would also contribute to me being able to work the hours that I do because I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. Like I don't, I mean, yes, we all have egos. I have egos. We're in real estate. So that's one of the criteria I guess to be a real estate agent though. There's some things that I'm like, okay, you know what, if you've done it better than me, I have no problem taking it as it is. Even if I don't like it, it's, it's going to take me less time to learn to like it than it would be to mess with something and try to, make it my own and then have it not work. But then I'm working 40 hours a week because I'm working twice as long using something ineffective because even a blind squirrel gets, you know, nuts sometimes. So, um, anything, not that I'm perfect. I mean, I have failed in every aspect of this, of course, but, um, I guess I've succeeded enough, you know, to get me to this point. Let's do this. Let's, uh, let's yeah. go ahead and do some role play. Where I'll sure. be the seller, you be the agent yep. knocking on the door. We're going to walk through a couple different scenarios. Uh, we'll sure. walk through um, one where I'm a slam dunk, uh, easy lead. Uh, we'll walk yeah. through a second one where I'm uh, hard to deal with. Uh, yep. And we'll even walk through a third one where there's nothing there to deal with and see how you do it. Let's just do that for okay. everybody so they can see how it goes. 
So okay. again, yeah, the first fair. one, I'm just role playing with you, slam dunk. And by the way, if you ever practice your scripts, you should always get the person on the other side to do a nice, easy slam dunk first. It's good for your psyche. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then exactly. you can add the objections and stuff later. But let's do the for easy sure. one first. So uh, okay. you start when you're ready. Okay. Knock, knock, knock. Hello. Hi, Kim with uh, Exit Real Estate. When do you plan on moving? Uh <laughs> I, I'm not planning on moving. No, I don't blame you. you got a beautiful home here, by the way. How long have you lived here? Uh, we've been here about 22 years. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good length of time. Well settled for sure. Right from the area, where did you, uh, where did you move from? Yeah, we just moved from uh, just from the, the city next door. Yep, for sure. Excellent. Excellent. So if you were going to move uh, anywhere else, where do you think you would move to? Well, we, we've thought about moving over to Sedona. Um, we, we've given that some thought. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So when, when do you think that would be? Oh, not for a while. Not for a while. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe six months or maybe a year. Okay. So you can see something happening within the next year, can you? Yeah, I def yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah, not right away, but pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, well, a year will be here before we know it. That's for sure. Excellent. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, for sure. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Where you're, where you are moving, you know, within the next year, I'll, I'm going to start going to work for you now, to uh, make you the most informed seller in the neighborhood. Would, uh, would that make it easier for you to move? Yeah, you know, I think we probably need to know what's going on. Excellent, excellent. Well, what, uh, what number is this house again? You're 63. 63. Yep. That's us. Yeah, excellent. And, and your name was? Your first yeah, I'm name Mike. Was? Mike. Nice to meet you, Mike. I'm Ken again. And what's, what's the best number to reach you? Like cell phone? Do you have a cell yeah, phone? Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. it's 555-555-5555. Nice. Excellent. I'll tell you what, I'm going to start going to work for you and I'll see you soon. Uh, okay. Yeah. Nice to meet excellent. you. Excellent. All right. Talk to you again. All right. Boom. Boom. That was Down quick. Here. I got to put yeah. a watch on that, but that was pretty fast. That was pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, it's literally that easy. Like it's literally that easy because the people that are moving, mm -hmm. they're moving. Like I'm not having to force somebody to do something they don't want to do. It's like, you're not tricking them into moving. No, I'm not tricking <laughs> you're them. You're just like finding it, out who's ready to move. <laughs> yeah. Just finding out that they're doing it anyway. It's like shooting fish in a barrel, if you will. It's awesome. <laughs> right. It's like your idea of you look down the street and somebody on that street's going to move. You just need to figure out who it is. The only yeah, way to do you know. it is ask. You ask direct right off the bat. I like that. Let's do this. Exactly. Let's do the next role play. Uh, we'll do exactly. one where I'm a little harder, a little more difficult. Okay. 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 Knock, knock, knock. Hello. Oh, hey there. Ken with Exit Real Estate. When do you plan on moving? I am moving. You're not? No, I don't blame you. You got, yes, you got to get a really nice place here. Like how, how long have you lived here? Uh, uh, you know, about 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. You're well settled for sure. Are you from the area? Where did you, uh, where did you move from? No, I, I grew up in Hamden down the road. Okay. Actually, that's a good spot too, for sure. I, so if you were going to move anywhere else, where do you think you'd move to? And we, we've talked about going to Smallville. Oh, okay. Excellent. So when do you think that will happen? When will that be? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. 
can you see something happening within the next year? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because what I'm doing is I'm out here just looking for work, qualifying people to see who uh, might be moving within the next year. So can you, you know, you can see yourself happy moving in the next 12 months? If my wife has her way, we'd move probably tomorrow, but I, I probably want to wait at least a year. Yeah, yeah. Well, that uh, sounds like, you know, we're well within that time frame. I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to go to work for you, and I'm going to make you the most informed seller in the neighborhood so that uh, when it's time for you to move, you're going to know more than anybody on this street. I make it easy for you to move? Yeah, that, that'd be interesting. Yeah, excellent. Well, uh, you're number 72. Is that right? Yeah, I'm 72. Excellent, excellent. And uh, again, my name's Ken. What, what's your first name again? That's Mike. Mike, great, Mike. And uh, what, what's the best number to reach you at, Mike? 555-555-5555. Excellent, excellent. Well, again, I'll start going to work for you, Mike, and uh, I'll see you soon. Have a great night. All right, good night. Excellent. Boom. Just like that. So that was pretty good. So I gave you a little bit of the gruff voice, a little bit of push off, uh, but it didn't affect you. You just kept going right down your script. Yeah. Yeah. And I find uh, regardless, you know, and we can talk about objections and stuff like that as well. And um, I find the greatest way, or I've been taught the greatest way to answer objection. And again, this is all from uh, this amazing trainer that I had was uh, the best way to answer objection is honestly. And which seems kind of um, simple when you think about it, but when we think about how we answer a lot of objections, sometimes we're trained to answer, to answer objections in a roundabout way. So for example, the number one objection I would get at the doors because I knock at supper time is, well, we're in the middle of supper and his food's dripping down his face and stuff like that. <laughs> so if I want to lie to him, I'm going to say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I knocked on your door at 530. <laughs> I'd be out of my mind to think that you're not having supper. So what I do, and that's sometimes they're gruff when they're chewing their food and stuff like that. Like, why you bother me? But, you know, they'll say, you know, well, we're just in the middle of supper. And I will say to them, I know. I had to come by when I knew that you would be home. So how long have you been here? They will disarm so quickly because I, I told them why I was there. And they will go through the rest of the questions and whether they're moving or not. My main goal is to make sure it's a pleasant exchange because even if they're not moving now, they may be moving in the future or they may know somebody who's moving because when I'm talking to them, and this is important because uh, some people ask me like, you know, what am I carrying? Like, like, do I have anything? Do I have flyers or stuff like that? And when I'm, when I'm door knocking and all I'm carrying are business cards on magnets that I pick up at Staples. They're like, here are the like 20 bucks for hundred magnets. I put them on myself and they're thick, heavy magnets. I don't cheap out on magnets. And 
when I'm saying, hi, Kim with Exit Real Estate, when are you planning on moving? When I'm asking that, when are you planning on moving? I'm handing them my business card for them to instinctively play the dance and take it. And 99 times out of 100, they'll take it. Sometimes I'm standing there holding the magnet, reaching it out during the whole conversation. And then the uncomfortableness will eventually have them take it. Though what I find interesting is because it's not a flyer, because it's not a magnet on its own, I've got a much better chance of that thing getting on their fridge, holding their kids drawing from school. So what that has done um, in a farm area, farm area that I've knocked on for years, it's not uncommon for me to knock on the door nowadays and say, hi, Ken with Exit Real Estate. Say, oh, Ken, we've got five of your magnets on our fridge already. And I'll say, well, now you have six. When do you plan on moving? And it almost creates, I, I can't think about it, like a celebrity kind of a, because I'm all over their fridge. Like, who is this guy all over their fridge? And of course, we're going to call you, you know, when the time comes. So that is so crucial to have the right amount of information to give people when you're at the door because, um, and in person. Because I will never, if you're not home, I do not leave magnets because that magnet's going straight into the garbage. That personal, that personal connection has to happen in order for that magnet to make it to the fridge. Um, I remember, typically happens in the summertime. That seems to be when the door knocking wave hits more than anything. You know, people feel ambitious, so they're going to knock on some doors on a Friday or something like that. And so when I'm knocking on doors in the summertime, I will sometimes be met with, oh, well, you're the, you're the fifth agent that's been here this week. And I will automatically come back with them. Yes, I might be the fifth agent, though, of the other four agents, how many of them had the courage to actually knock on your door and not just leave a flyer and run? And they'll go, oh, yeah, no, you're the one that knocked. I said, exactly. So there's only been one agent by this week. <laughs> and I'll nod and I'll smile because they want to make it all totally, you know, relaxed and fun and stuff. So, yeah, so that's how, uh, I guess, going back to the, the, the you know, answering objections, uh, most, most honestly is the best way to do it. And, of course, it's all scripted as well, but it also brings them back to the script because, as you know, the person asking the questions is the one who's in control. That's great. Do you have any other objections that you get at that door that you can think of? Yeah, yeah. A couple top ones would be uh, how much is my house worth? How much is my house worth? And what's your commission? So with those, um, okay, well, I'm going to kind of contradict myself when I say answer it honestly. So how much is your house worth? I, I tend to double or triple what it's worth because I guess the honest answer is that's not a fair question to ask me at the doors. So I'll kind of joke with them. So if the house, if I'm in a, you know, $300,000 neighborhood, oh, your house is worth about a million bucks. Ha, 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 ha. And I'll bring them right back to the next question because I can't answer that question. So that's my way of answering it in a non-answer kind of a way uh, from that perspective. Um, with commission, um, I usually answer it. Uh, it's an arm and a leg. Um, and then I'll just come back to the next question. Uh, how long have you been here? Because the questions that you, you can't answer at the doors, 
um, do need to be dealt with from that perspective. I guess those are separate from the supper time questions um, in that regard. Uh, so you just learn those quick little things just to kind of tell them in a polite, discreet way. That's not really a question that, that's answerable in this setting. So you get to a quick and then you just move on right to the next question. And in the early days, that took a lot of discipline because you don't want to come across as cutting them off. Yeah, you don't want to get lost at, at explaining to them that, well, it's blah, 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 you know, going into the, because you don't have the filter of the phone when you usually go through these interview type questions. So I find, or not I find, I've been taught to answer with those hyperbole answers so that everybody knows that, you know, it wasn't, you know, not the best question to ask at the doors and you just keep going. And I find in almost every situation, it's, it's just, keeps going because they don't really want to know the answer. They just see a real estate agent. So they just have these pre, you know, preconceived, you know, canned questions to ask somebody. They have their scripts too. And then, you know, when I'm coming to the doors. So you, you are using uh, exaggeration and humor to move mm -hmm. past a, a question that you're not prepared to answer yet, because you know, that would take you down a long path that may not end up anywhere. They may be asking because they want to refinance or, they want to do their tax assessment or they just think it's a logical question. And now you spent 20 right. minutes talking about values of homes. turns out they're never going to move. So you want right. to keep it going through your qualifying questions. And this is a way for right. you to move on to the next one. Plus, in addition to that, I also want above everything, I want to respect their time because if you're doing it right, most of your conversations are going to go very well and they're going to be very friendly so we can get caught into the uh, the trap of thinking, oh, this is a good conversation. Like, let's see how how far we can take this. Twenty minutes later, everybody's smiling. They close the door. Ah, oh, shoot! I had to do you know all this. I just lost twenty minutes because I had now reality's coming back to the person, the homeowner. So the actual final feeling of the conversation was negative. You know, as the adage goes, you know, you always want to leave them wanting more. So if they end the conversation, that's a bad sign that, you know, that you're there too long for sure. So I always make sure that, uh, that 40 seconds, I really, and I, like, I don't make sure it's 40 seconds. It just turns out that it is 40 seconds. And you can, as you, as you do it, you can learn to read people so that, um, if I find somebody who is in a particular hurry, when I'm asking them the when are you planning a moving question, I actually step as if I'm planning as if I'm starting to walk away so that they know I'm wrapping up even before I get started. And that helps me get through the questions and helps them relax um, again even more. Cause that's the main goal is to make sure that they're relaxed and are fine to answer the questions. Cause again, they are direct questions and it does happen quickly. You're using body English. Right. If, when you move away, someone naturally wants to move towards you. Uh, so yeah. you're using some other techniques there. Uh, let's let's do this. You we we went through two uh, options: uh, the yeah. easy, the hard. Now let's do the null. It's just nothing there. Mm. Uh, let's because that's going to happen out there, and people should be prepared for that. And what you're going to do. So let's walk through that quick script. Absolutely. Ready? Go. Okay. Knock knock knock. Hello. Oh, hi, Kim with Exit Real Estate. When do you plan on moving? Uh, not plan on moving. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. You got a beautiful home here, that's for sure. How long have you lived here? Uh, about three years. 
Oh, you just moved in. Oh, okay, that's great. Are you from the neighborhood? Where did you move from? Uh, we moved from, uh, you know, three cities over. Oh, great. Okay, excellent. Well, if you were going to move anywhere else, where do you where do you think you'd move to? We have we have no desire to move. This is a great neighborhood. We plan on being here until yeah. we're dead. Yeah, no, I don't blame them. Hopefully that's a long ways away. <laughs> but yeah. guess what? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. Well, guess what? I'm going to let you stay. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> My pleasure. I'll see you next time around, okay? All right. All right. Have a great day. Boom. And you're out of there. I'm out of there. You yeah. asked your two qualifying yeah. questions. They didn't qualify. You walk away. Yeah. And that's how you're keeping it down to 40 seconds and moving to the next one. You're not going to sit there and try to convince them and try to dig in and find out why yeah. aren't they moving right now? And where do they, their cousin, are your cousin going to move? And come on, tell yeah. me someone who's going to move. You're not going to yeah. drag anything out. Exactly. Now, sometimes if, uh, if it, if it, if it's a very favorable, like beyond favorable situation, um, I will ask if the situation, you know, if the timing goes through correctly, I'll say, well, who do you know that's looking to make a move? Sometimes I will try and go for a referral if there is time. Uh, but again, I can still get her done. So you, you so, would you ask the question of, oh boy, this is a really hot neighborhood and uh, we're, we've got buyers that want to move in here. Uh, uh, do you know anybody down the street who's thinking about moving? I would say that, but I wouldn't use that many words. I would just literally go to, who do you know? Who do you know that's looking to buy or sell? So you might pepper that in if you have a good rapport going with the person. Yeah. If not, you're just turning and walking to the next house. Yeah, yeah. And I love the script, uh, uh, the, the phrase, well, I'm going to let you stay. Because <laughs> that's yeah. what people do. They'll laugh. Someone will say, oh, well, thanks for letting me stay in my home, my own home. I said, my pleasure. See you next time. And I'm off and running. There and it, keeps, the it door, like, keeps yourself lighthearted and upbeat, right? It's, oh, it's also for you. Absolutely. And it's, and it's so funny because of all the experience, and I, not to make me some great guru or anything, I, I'm only really great at this because I've done it so many times. Like it's, it's just, I'm just a product of many, 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 many numbers. And so I think it leaves a particularly positive uh, sense with them because of all the other doors that have been knocked on in most cases are, are burden because it's not just door knocking in of itself it's door knocking effectively and to do it properly there has to be certain ingredients that are in place because even though I might think I'm all that in a bag of chips it's not about me it's about who's going to be answering that door on that side of the house especially when you have in most cases, dogs barking and babies crying. Like you have these variables that you're going to encounter or you walk up at a door and there's a sign saying no soliciting. Okay, knock, knock, knock. What am I going to get when they open the door? And so you've got to make sure that you are in a good, I'm not into the whole new age mumbo jumbo as far as inner self and all that, but I want to make sure that I'm in a position where the conversation going back and forth is pleasant, like I'm trying myself to be pleasant, professional, and succinct, and respectful, and in and out, like so quickly. 
to make sure that everything goes as smooth as it should. Well, let's go there. Let's go to the, the <clears throat> scary side for a minute. You've done this for 10 years. Yeah. Knocked on thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of doors over that time. Yeah. How many times has somebody been really awful, mean, yeah. pulled out a gun, threatened to shoot you, sick the dog yeah. on you? Anything yeah. like that ever happened? Yeah. Um, and this is interesting. More in the beginning. I can't tell you the last time it's happened. It's been years since the last time it's happened. And I think that is because of how I've changed. Well, what did they do? Me, what did they do? Well, I've, I, would have, I would have people screaming at me at the top of their lungs to get off really? the property. <laughs> and I'm still asking the questions. Right. Which, and I'm only asked in the beginning, when you run into those situations where, you know, the people are slamming the doors, um, where they're screaming at you, I was trained to keep pushing through the questions because at that point, it's about you. It's not about the person in the door. So, you know, if knock on a door, hey, come to exit real estate when you plan on, I'm not moving, get out of my property. They'll slam the door and I'll scream through the door, how long have you lived here? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll they ever reply <laughs> no they don't reply um and uh some people that you know that might be um particularly challenging um i'll i would uh I, I dig a little bit i'll say you know when they don't want me when they don't want me there I'll make a point to say, well, I'll see you the next time I'm around with a big smile on my face. No, you won't. Don't you ever come back on this property again, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I'll make a note of those houses. And, and people say, oh, you make a note not to go back. I say, well, actually, I make a note to go back. Because in the first few years of doing this, I want to see, A, if I could do it. Because I'm naturally um, a passive guy non-confrontational, don't like those situations at all. So it was important for me to go back to put myself knowingly into those situations to see how I'd respond next time. Or if I just caught them on a bad day. And in most situations, nope, it was, it was going to be bad the second time around. And I would get pulverized the second time around. Though that was the worst that happened. Like I never... Um, like no one's, um, ever, I've never been threatened. Um, I did have one pseudo, I would call it threatened. I asked him, I said, when do you plan on moving? And they looked at me as if they were going to rip my head off and they stepped in and they went, when do you plan on moving? Like <laughs> off of my property. And it's funny because I had learned this script from somebody who went through this and I thought to memorize it. So when he looked at me, he goes, and with his threatening voice, when do you plan on moving? I said, well, I'm not right now, but if I was, I'd be using an awesome agent like myself. So how long have you been here? <laughs> totally disarmed him. Completely okay. disarmed him because I met him where he was. Where his, yeah. So Weakness can be smelled a million miles away. 
The problem is we're all weak in the beginning. We are because we don't have the mileage. So you, it's, it's, you have to go through those door slams, door slams to the point where, you know, the no soliciting ones, you know, knock, 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 there's no soliciting. I don't know how that no soliciting got there. Like it could have been there from a previous owner. So, uh, but just to push through the, push through those mini barriers, if you will, in order to, um, you know, what percentage of the doors point. happen like that out of a hundred doors, how many are going to be mean? In the beginning, a lot. In the beginning, a How lot. And not so much. Oh, I, like I said, I came every three years. Yeah. It's been years since I've had I know, somebody. I didn't who... have those experiences. I, it's interesting. Yeah. I did not get the mean people. I didn't get the dog sicked on me. I didn't even get a door yeah. slam. Uh, yeah. I was surprised because that's what I expected. The worst yeah. I had was a guy came to the door. It was in the summer. And he had the screen door there. The regular door was open, the interior door. The yeah. screen door was there with glass. And yeah. I looked down at my notepad. I was looking down and I heard him and I looked up and he was naked, completely oh. naked. That was the worst one. Wow. <laughs> Scared That's me. Wild. So I left. <laughs> you left. Yeah. No need to push you on that one. Yeah. And I think, I think with myself, when I look at myself, I, and I don't know where, you know, of course, your own business personally, but um, I've had to work through a lot of insecurities in my life, a lot of insecurities. And I would say without a doubt, all of those insecurities come to the surface. I mean, like you are no, like you can't get any more exposed than doing a cold call up to a door. So it's, it's all going to hang out. So any weakness, any insecurities that, you know, that you have, again, the person that's going to be answering that door is going to see that a million miles away and will respond accordingly. So with myself, although it took me a long time to get through my insecurities to this day, I still struggle with many of them. I at least learned how to, I don't want to say behavior modification, but put myself in a place where understanding, you know, how to psych myself up, I guess to the point that, you know, I had to trick myself to say, man, these people are so excited to talk to me and they don't even know it yet. So going up there with that attitude, even, you know, even Gee. fighting with my, what's going on inside, it, it became a battle that I won, started to win more often than I lost to the point now that, I mean, I could be leaning against somebody's banister when they open the door, like just kind of hanging out, like, it's to the point that I'm doing them a favor for me showing up at their door. Like it's just a total role reversal from that perspective. So different minds, mind perspective. Now, um, one, one thing I will point out to people is if you do run into one of these tough situations, the best thing to yeah. do is remember the magic word. There's one word and you just remember this one and it's next, next, yeah. this is not the Huge. right person. Next, just go to the Absolutely. next one. Write it yeah. off. They may have been having a bad day. Maybe the dog just Absolutely. threw on the carpet. Maybe their boyfriend just broke up with them. Maybe their wife just threw the uh, dinner bowl at them. I don't know what happened. Something yeah. else probably happened, and you just showed up at the wrong time. You just got to move on. 100%. And, I mean, we're not – the great thing about this business as well is we're not here to save the world. And we can choose to work or not work with certain people. Like that's even if, you know, I've been in situations where someone was moving, they were giving, they were answering all the questions correctly. And I'm thinking, I don't want to work with this person. 
right? Like, I've done that. We, oh, yeah. we have that, we have that, that freedom. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'll just go on to the next one. And uh, that's, that feels good because it's not all about, we, we can get lost in, and, you know, agents that I've trained in the past, like, you know, they say, Oh, I've knocked, I knocked on 20 doors a day and no one, no one's moving. I said, no, you knocked on 20 doors today. You did what 1,200 people in this city did not do. You went to work. It's not about the results. You know, we did the numbers that this many people are going to be moving in this community over the next year. So if you knock on this many doors, you're going to find them. Well, maybe it's going to take you 200 to get to two. Like, it's not about who says yes. It's are you getting up and you're going to work? You're taking and, the action. Let's let's go into those numbers a little more. I got a couple more questions yeah, for you. For sure. One of the yeah. questions I have was, how many doors do you have to knock on to get somebody to answer? So is it like yeah. one, every single door you knock on, one out of two, one out of five before people are answering? Yep. So uh, I found it depends on the time of day because, of course, who's home and who's not. Um, I really like knocking between that five to seven, seven thirty range, because I don't, I don't log how many physical doors I knocked on. I only log on how many people that I've talked to. So if I, if I go between that time frame, I can talk to 20 people in an hour. If I'm going during the day, it's, I find it probably takes me an hour and a half to talk to 20 people or maybe longer. So I'm at that point, it's, it's not fun for me. So, and, and, and again, I like efficiency. I mean, I wish every door I knocked on would be home. And at night, I prefer, uh, you know, fall time, early spring and winter time to knock because it tends to be darker between that time. So I can see who's home before I even walk in the driveway. So I'm not going to walk into a driveway of a dark house. So I can just skip that one, which makes the time go even more efficient. And it's just, again, just working well, I gotta, those numbers. I got to try to pull that out of you, though, Ken, for people yeah. listening. So let's, yeah. I want you to think about it. I know you're not tracking it anymore, but how many doors are you actually knocking on before the answer? I know you're not tracking it specifically, but I know you have a feel for it. Is it like every other door? I would say, Is it every third door? Yeah. So I would say if I'm doing it at night, I'm probably getting one or two people. So one out of, if you go between five and seven, you're probably actually knocking on and getting an answer out of one out of two. Yeah. I would say around supper time. One out of That's two. great. Yeah, every other now you're home. skipping any yeah. dark houses. That's what increasing your yeah. numbers. But if you're seeing yeah. your light on and you knock on it, you have a 50, yeah. 50 chance that they're going to answer the door. Yeah. Yeah. That's, See, that's good, gold yeah, that's for good. people. They know what to expect. Yeah. Now. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's a good way to, uh, to boil it down. It's a 50, Good chance they're going to be home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for yeah. doing that. And, and in your conversations, let's go back to this number. If you had 10 conversations, let's say, in fact, let's make yeah. it bigger. If you had 100 conversations, you actually talk to people at the door, how many of those 100 yeah. are going to be leads to do something in the yeah. future? That's a brilliant question. So what I do there is I'm going to walk it back a little bit. Um, it all starts on where am I going to knock because those numbers are crucial. So I start from the perspective of before I do anything, you need a seven to 10% turnover rate, anything less than 7% turnover rate. You're going to be discouraged very quickly. 
And of course, anything over 10, you're, you're golden. So what that looks like more specifically, what I do here is we're able, of course, to pick sub-districts of a district, you know, different communities. And we can say how many houses sold in the last 12 months. Oh, 270 homes sold in the last 12 months. How many sold the 12 months previously? Oh, 250. 12 months before that, oh, 280. So you start to see a trend. So then you can say, okay, well, how many are going to sell next year barring anything catastrophic? Well, probably about 250 to 280. Okay, great. There's our starting number. Now I'll go to, uh, with us, it's Canada Post. I can go to, uh, I can look up mail routes. And I can find out how many physical doors are in that mail route. Oh, there's about 2,000 doors in that mail route. Well, if 2,000 doors in that mail route and 250 people are moving, well, that's 250 divided by 2,000. There's your turnover rate. The math is literally 12.5%. And you're not going to catch everybody because the door that's not home is the one that's moving. That's happened so many times. Like when I see a for sale sign pop up, I'll, I'll go through my notes. Oh, they weren't home. I didn't get them. So, But that's one uh, in eight. That's a hell of a neighborhood. You want to go in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's a good strategy. Now, let's say you're one. going into this high turnover neighborhood, 100 doors. How many leads are you mm -hmm. going to find? How many yep. uh, listings are you going to end up taking? You know, how many clients and how many closings? Give us some numbers so people can plan if they're doing it. Wow. Well. Okay. So confession time. I've never gone that far as, as far as breaking it down. Um, and I've never... I'm going to risk saying this is a blacklist me in the real estate world. I've never, I've never wanted to make it that complicated. I've only ever gone as far as if there's a hundred doors and 10 people are moving, that's all I needed. Like literally from, from my own personal business, after that statistic, I literally let the chips fall where they may. Now, probably be to my detriment, um, but I guess if you, if I go straight to the result, if I can get one in a hundred, one in 50 to one in a hundred, that's going to go all the way to the end, like two ends, like selling them buying. That's not unrealistic. Like if those other numbers, and that's also taking into consideration, like any place that I've ever knocked on, um, has not had a dominance of an agent. Like it's kind of been a free for all, if you know what I mean? Like there's, we can think of some sub areas where there's an agent that it would be asinine to go knock in that neighborhood because you would probably use them as an agent, <laughs> you know, because it is so, oh, so well owned by a particular agent. So um, any place that I've ever knocked on, there hasn't been one person that's owned the neighborhood. So it's, 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 it's fairly easy to break into it, if you will. Let's let's talk. I about, know that didn't answer your question, but yeah, but you kind of did. And and all let me okay. get some info out there for people. What I heard, I heard one in a hundred. If you get into a hundred conversations, yeah. one of them is probably going to move, maybe moving by. So you got one good yeah. closing, and those were yeah. the numbers that we used to see way back 20, 30 years ago. As yeah. well, so the numbers kind of yeah. hold out. And then I also though looked at you said you had five hundred to a thousand conversations last year. 
and you ended up closing about 20 of those. And so if you do that math, it's actually even better. It's about one in 25 to one in 50 are ending yeah. up, ending up in a closing. So maybe you become yeah. more efficient over the years. May, yeah. And maybe you're, you don't recognize how strong your numbers are, uh, but it helps people plan. That's why I want to get that number. If they're going to go do this, they want to know, geez, you know, I, I knocked on three doors. Why isn't it working? Well, you gotta, you gotta yeah. knock on at least a hundred <laughs> and have a hundred. Yeah, for sure. And I would even go further than that to say, you got to give it at least a year and not only give it at least a year, it, it's already been proven by people way more successful than me in all personality styles. Cause that's been one of my uh, pet peeves that, Oh, well that's, that's, you know, that's great that you have that personality for it. And I'm thinking, and if you had a gun to your head, you'd be surprised that you'd be able to push through no matter what your personality is and all different sorts of personalities can, uh, can succeed in this. Um, I'm most familiar and I'm sure you're familiar with the disc personality system, the ISC. I'm a CD personality and I do doors very effectively. I know plenty of eyes that do the doors per perfectly. And like, it's, it's not about personality. It's about knowing why you're going to the door in the first place. If you know why you're going to the door in the first place, then you will tailor everything accordingly to make sure that it works. And so from people say, well, I don't know if it's for me. No, that's not the proper question because again, it all comes down to insecurities. Your real, your real comment is, I don't know if I want to deal with the insecurities that are inside of me that will come up when I do go to the doors. And I think that is the better way to approach it because then we can actually maybe work with it. Um, like I'm working with an agent right now that, you know, recruiting and, uh, you know, working with different types of issues and stuff going on and so forth and insecurities and so forth. And I'm like, okay, well, let's deal with these insecurities. If we deal with these insecurities, then the doors are just easy. Like it's the doors that are exposing this. Oh, I'm putting myself up there. I might as well be that naked guy at the door that you knocked on. <laughs> he, you know? he wasn't shy. He wasn't shocked. <laughs> But yeah, like it's, it's going to, because what's going to happen? Okay. I was afraid to do it. Oh, I was afraid to do it. This, this was going on in my head. I was afraid to do it. Now I'm a failure because every, all of my other real estate friends are successful because they're driving nice cars. So therefore they're successful because that's, you know, that's the definition of a successful real estate agent. You drive a nice car, you know, that's how we paint ourselves. And so if I'm not successful, then it, it just regresses, regresses, regresses. Um, and it took me a long time because it, it takes, it's very humbling. It takes a lot of humility to get to a place where it's like, you know what, I've, I've got some stuff I got to deal with and this exposed it. So am I going to hide it in a bad direction? And that can go as far as you want because, you know, tragically there's some, you know, pretty, you know, tough, um, you know, situations with some agents that deal with things in a negative way, or do we, you know, deal with it positively and it can be fruitful on the other side of it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a very, just something really special about doors that it's a, it's like a double-edged sword. Like it's such a blessing, man, it can, it can be such a, 
curse, like because it really brings out the dirt. I'm going to ask you another question, Kim. When yeah, when I was door knocking, I I it was easy for me to door knock because I could see the person's face, but it was hard for me for some reason to pick up the phone and make cold calls. So yeah. I enjoyed the door knocking more than the cold calling. And I just talked to another agent who's still door knocking out in California. And she said the same thing. She said, you know, I love door knocking, been doing it for a couple of decades, but I can't pick up the phone and make the cold calls still. Yeah. Do you have that experience? Yeah, I have, a, I have the experience from the perspective of, uh, I've never gone the cold call route with phone calls is because I've learned that, to, again, effective numbers, you got to do three times as much work to get the same results. So I've just never gone the phone route at all. But where my uh, inhibitions came were actually from the follow-ups, which I had to deal with for, it took me a long time to deal with that. And I was like, okay, how, how is it that it's so easy? You could prop me anywhere. I can knock on a door anywhere. But the follow-up, that's what paralyzes me. I'm thinking, what's going on there? And it dawned on me, when I go knock on a door, I don't know you from anything. So there's no relationship at all. But the moment you say yes, then the relationship has at least started. So then that's where my fear of rejection comes in. Because it could be more personal because now they know you. At that because now they know, as, as small of a relationship it is, now, if they say no to me, ah, now that's going to hurt. And mm. so it's, it's funny how we deal or how we run into different, um, different things. I've done phone calls because uh, I, I do home shows. Like I'll do trade shows and I get people to fill out forms. So I do phone calls there, but they're not cold calls. Like I'm calling them because they filled out a form. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how, you know, people say, wow, man, I could never knock on a door, but I know one agent, he like faithfully does cold calls, like boom, boom, boom every day. Sure. And everybody like, has a natural I, ability to do something they're comfortable with. To do something. Yeah. One quick thought on uh, if you're having issues with that follow-up for anybody yeah. listening, you've obviously yeah. got through yours, but for anybody else listening is that if, especially if you're new at this, is to make sure you have your process down after. In other words, how are you gonna get them all the way to a closing and then step it all the way back? Do you have a process for getting them yes. to the contract phase? Do you have a process for the negotiation? Do you have a process for, if they say yes and they sign a listing, do you know what to do next? Get yeah. that all worked out before you get there. It'll give you more confidence now to go knock on those doors and do the follow-ups because you know where you're taking them. That is so true. That is so true. If you have everything done at the end, it's easy to go through each step and through it. The only time I can see that um, somebody possibly throwing a wrench into that is that you're assuming they're moving by this date. So if I, if you're moving in six months and I'm putting you in a plan for six months, oh, it's changed to a year. Oh, now I have to fill a gap for another six months. So to have <laughs> that in place, because it's funny you say that because like when, I, when I'm thinking about going through my own, you know, insecurities and stuff like that, I would, I would knock on, I would want to knock on more doors than the doors were available. So I would find myself at the, towards the end of the year, slowing down. I don't think they call it Pareto's principle or something like that. Like the closer you get to something that you want to divide it up. So by the time I get to the end, like I, I would start off strong 
but I feel like I was, there was a mental blockage in my brain that I was going to run, literally run out of doors. So rather than get through them all by June, by April, May, I would start stretching them out. So it was like a, like, it was like a graph that went down like that. And really interesting. Like it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what you can find out about yourself by doing something like this. That, yeah, you, that your you're not going to find out about yourself. Permission like to knock on our door a second time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's, well, so let's, that's so true. Let's do this, Kim. We're we're running out yeah. of time, but I sure. I want to get a last final thought from you on if there's anyone listening to us and they're thinking yeah. about getting in the door knocking. Is there anything yeah. else that we should talk about or they should know? that we haven't addressed yeah. yet. What are your final thoughts on door knocking? The thing that comes to me over and over and over again, because it's something that I would, um, I live by, is I didn't have to figure out if door knocking works. It has been proven time and time again, as much as if anybody watches football, the debate is over of whether Tom Brady is the best football player in the NFL. It's a done deal. Door knocking does work. So it's not so much as does it work as much as what, how do I have to change as a human being in order for me to be successful, not for it to work for you because it will work for you. If you make the changes in yourself that you need to change. Um, and submitting ourselves to people that are so much smarter than us. And although it's challenging, it will challenge our comfort zone. It will expose our fears. If we're willing to have the, the courage to acknowledge that and have a partner, like have a mentor or somebody that you can go to and say, I'm scared. Uh, I don't want to do this. Um, I'm freaking out. Um, I don't, what, what, what am I feeling inside? Like, this isn't, I'm, I'm not comfortable with this. Then you don't have to be perfect on the first day. Like it, it's a numbers game and you got to give it time. Like you got to give it time. Ken, this was really good. And I really appreciate okay. you walking us through this just to wrap Thank up. You, I'll also throw in that the nice thing about door knocking is it's free. Uh, there's no cost except your time to go out there. So if you're an agent who wants to have the highest profit or you don't have any resources right now, this is a great way to jump in and make it happen. And you've proven you can do it for a long time. Really like that you're showing that there's a long-term track record for this. Uh, it's worked for others, yeah. it'll work for you. Well, Ken, thank you Absolutely. so much for coming in and talking with us today. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate this. Uh, thank you, Ken. Well, that's it for now. Thanks for joining us on the Solo Agent World podcast. Keep moving forward. Bye. This has been another episode of Solo Agent World. Enjoyed what you heard? Hit that like button. Plus, remember to subscribe and click that notification icon so you'll be the first to receive all the latest episodes. Love the show? Leave us a five-star rating and write a quick review. If you know a solo agent that we should interview yourself or someone else, let us know at mastermindagent.com. And if you have a solo agent friend who could benefit, tell them about the show. Thanks for listening to Solo Agent World. Keep smiling and keep moving forward.